Good evening, and thank you for tuning back in to True Dominion Ministries podcast. Welcome back. It is the new year, 2022, and I am your host, Latonya Stevens. My co-host, Christopher Stevens, is out tonight, so this one is going to be a little different. However, I am here tonight to talk about the Holy Spirit once again. The Lord has led me to uh, talk about him again as we did on our Facebook live on November 16th and I believe that's because God is saying keep talking about him keep telling the people who he is and what he does because he is the most neglected in the church so let's remember that the Holy Spirit is the person through whom God acts he reveals God's will empowers individuals and discloses his personal presence now, let me give you the illustration that the Lord gave me on December 30th, 2021. Um, as I was laying in my bed, he gave me this vision. And if you had three people sitting beside each other, okay, and they're holding hands, one represents the father, one represents the son, Jesus, who's obviously in the middle, sitting on the right hand of the father, and you had yourself as the third person representing the Holy Spirit. Because now he lives on the inside of us. And as we have wants and needs and we tell Jesus, uh, because he intercedes for us, he is our mediator, Jesus whispers to the Father. And when the Father sends his answer back through his son, Jesus, as the scripture in Hebrews 1 through 4 says, and I'm going to read that out of the New Living Translation version. It says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Verse 2 says, and now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. And that was Hebrews chapter one, verses one through four. I just want to reiterate in verse two says, and now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. You cannot get to the father who is God if you do not go through his son, Jesus. Let's make that part clear first. Now, in this vision, when Jesus whispers in our ears, he is talking to our spirit man. And that's where we say things like, something told me. So listen to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, and verses 16 through 19. I'm sorry. Listen to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. It says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said, Your hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. 
And verses 16 through 19 tells you exactly who he's speaking to and clarifying. So 16 says, And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpse lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. So it is very important that we listen and that we obey what the spirit of the Lord or in translation, the Holy Spirit is saying, because we can in turn grieve the Holy Spirit, resist the Holy Spirit and lie to the Holy Spirit as told in scriptures. So if we have done any of these things, I want to go through the steps. How do we become connected with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is supposed to be dwelling on the inside of us. Our bodies is the house of the Holy Spirit. So when you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, see yourself standing in the gap or in that space where the Holy Spirit is because he is living on the inside of you. And as you hold hands with Jesus and Jesus holding hands with the Father, and it, it's kind of like a communication train going on where you speak to Jesus and then Jesus speaks to the Father and the Father gives Jesus the answer and then Jesus is speaking to your Holy Spirit. And so when you hear those voices say, don't go over there, when you hear those voices say, not that person, when you hear the voice of the Lord or the Holy Spirit say, you know, stay away from that. And it gives you warning. It gives you, he gives you direction and guidance. He gives you warnings. And if we are mindful of that spirit that lives on the inside of us, we'll save ourselves a whole lot of trouble. So what I want to read now is the things we must know to do. So in Acts 2 and 38, it says, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So first of all, the first thing I want to point out is the Holy Ghost is a gift. He is a gift, okay? Um, he, like I just said, he's the one that warns us. He's the one that convicts us. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that is, a, he is the power of God. So we must repent, first of all. We have to have a heart of repentance in every situation. That is the lifestyle that we must live, having a heart of repentance, where we turn away from our sins, we humble ourselves, and we go in the way of the Lord. You know, of course, um, repenting means you turn away from your sins. It does not mean that you go back and you pick it back up again, and you go back and you pick it back up again, and you go back and you pick it back up again. That's called a cycle. So if you have these cycles of sinning, you have these cycles of, of doing what you want to do or allowing the flesh to leave you, leave you, then guess what? You are resisting the Holy Spirit. Number two, in Luke 11 and 13, it says, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts into, unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So number two is you have to ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. He has to be invited into your dwelling place. He has to be invited. He cannot live in a filthy place. Uh, you have to take care of your temple. You have to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul. Just like the God is God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Trinity. You are as well 
body, mind, and soul. If we take care of our minds by reading the word of God, if we take care of our spirit, our fasting and prayer, that's number two. Ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Ask him. If you want power, ask God for the Holy Spirit. If you want to be Christ-like, ask God for the Holy Spirit, first of all, after you repent. Number three, in John 20, 22, look at that. That's the whole year, 2022. It says, and when he has said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. So it's not going to do you good enough just to ask for the Holy Ghost. You also have to receive him. Okay, I can ask you for a gift and say, okay, I want a jacket for my birthday. But if it's not the jacket that I want or it's not the jacket that I perceive that you were going to get for me, then I may deny the jacket. You can ask for a thing. And because it doesn't come wrapped in a package the way that you want it, you will then resist the gift. So what I want you to understand is. You have to receive the Holy Ghost. Repent, ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, and then receive the Holy Ghost. And number four, in Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, me meaning Jesus, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You can't even preach the gospel, okay, without being a witness unto Jesus. So repent, number one. Number two, ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Number three, receive the Holy Spirit. And number four, the power of the Holy Spirit will then come upon you. What is the power of God? Okay, so if you've gone to a Pentecostal church, a holiness church, or a apostolic church, then you see a lot of um, either healing and deliverance services. You see um, services like that. And a lot of shouting, a lot of jumping, a lot of dancing, and all of those things. Okay, let me break something down to you. And I want to break this down because... I left the Pentecostal church because I did not understand. I thought the Holy Ghost was a shout. I thought the Holy Ghost was uh, just speaking in tongues. I thought the Holy Ghost was somebody rolling on the floor. So therefore, I would resist the Holy Ghost and I didn't want anything to do with the Holy Ghost because that made me look like a fool. So, <laughs> um, and it was just a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. The Holy Ghost or the power of God comes in to convict us. Once again, it tells us when we're wrong. It tells us when we're not doing things in the right spirit. He tells us, I can only say it. He tells us what we're doing is wrong. He tells us when we're not doing things in the right spirit. He tells us which way to go. He gives us direction and guidance. Okay. Now, healing and deliverance service cannot take part if the Holy Spirit is not present. Let's be clear. Okay. It is not the person or the preacher or the teacher or the prophet that is healing or delivering the person from a demon or from sickness or from blinded eyes or whatever, or from diseases. It is the Holy Spirit within them that does the healing, that does the deliverance, that does the transforming. Okay. 
it is the it is the power of God that casts out demons. It is not a man or a woman. We cannot do that in our own strength. So you must have the Holy Ghost in order to partake in that. You must be led by God to take in that. You must have a calling and be anointed to do those things. What I want to say is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is a person we need to get more familiar with. And I believe the body of Christ is not familiar with the Holy Ghost because, like I said, we diminish him down to a shout and holler. We diminish him down just to speaking in tongues. There are plenty of people who do not speak in tongues, okay, that I believe are Holy Ghost filled. Now, speaking in tongues is the evidence of having the Holy Ghost. When we try to live apart from the Holy Ghost, when we try to acknowledge only God without acknowledging Jesus, you know, we pray, God, 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 help me, help me, help me, help me, you know, but he's saying you can't come to the Father unless you first come through the Son. Why do you think that when we pray, we say in Jesus' name? We must use his name. We have to use his name. We have to acknowledge him. In other words, God is saying, do not walk past my son. Do not ignore my son. You must acknowledge him. You must say that you know him. You must make sure that you acknowledge the person that died for you in your sins. You must acknowledge the person who went on the cross on your behalf. You must acknowledge the person who bled and was beaten for you. You must acknowledge the person that allowed himself to be separated from God for a moment so that we can be then forgiven and we can be healed. As we acknowledge Jesus, we also have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. A lot of us deny the Holy Spirit, not, not intentionally and sometimes unknowingly we would we may deny the holy spirit because we get in our own way we get in our flesh and we know what our desires are but we're not paying attention to what the desires of the holy spirit what are the desires of god what are the desires that he has for our lives and the plans that he has for our lives so if we take the time to listen prayer is more about listening prayer is more about listening and i remember uh, when I first began my relationship with God, I definitely did a whole lot of talking. Okay. I did a whole lot of talking and a whole lot of talking and a whole lot of talking. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you must come to a place. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Are you listening to that voice that dwells on the inside of you? That's telling you, that's convicting you, that's trying to mature you in way in the ways of God. And so as we look at the Bible, as we look at the word, as I wrote down every scripture to see what the Holy Spirit actually does in our lives, I am going to go through a few of them because I believe it's important that we know who he is and not just talk about him. I believe that we must understand who he is. There, with the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, there's life in that. There's life in that because there's something about you. Let me say it this way. You're not mad at things that you that you understand. OK, so when people even walk around being mad with God, it's actually because they don't understand who he is. They don't understand how he moves. They don't understand why his ways are not like our ways and his thoughts are not like our thoughts. They don't understand why his plans for our lives are not necessarily our plans. And so 
when we get to know who God is by his word, we must read the word of God. And it's not all the time about you're going to understand it the first time you read it. Because you're not. None of us understood it. And some of us still don't understand it at times. You know, it's only until the Holy Spirit gives us the revelation. Unless we get the revelation, then all we have is information. And I've seen people read the Bible and spew out the information, but there's no revelation behind. And so let's just be mindful that they there are still three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we cannot deny either one of them. Okay, let me read some of the scriptures and then I will see you next. Um, Isaiah 63 and 10 says, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. Rebellion <laughs> will turn away the Holy Spirit. He's holy. Your Bible says holy Bible. He's set apart. And we know that Mary, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we know that Jesus baptized us with the Holy Ghost and with fire and the disciples. We know um, that when you speak against the Holy Ghost, you cannot be forgiven. This is the one thing that you cannot be forgiven of. In Matthew 12 and 32, it says, And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. So what is that scripture saying? We can talk about Jesus. We can we can say whatever we want to that's bad and we can put our mouth on Jesus and we can still be forgiven. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in his neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Why is that? Why is that? So you telling me I can devalue Jesus, but if I put my mouth on the Holy Ghost, I can't be forgiven. So let me explain something to, to most people as well. When you see people in the holiness churches and things of that nature, and you may not understand what's going on, don't judge it. Don't judge it. Ask God to reveal to you, what does this mean? What is this? What's happening? And read your Bible because he will reveal it to, in his word. The Holy Spirit is a revealer. In Mark 12 and 32, for David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost speaks through you. The Holy Ghost speaks through me when we allow him, because we can sometimes muzzle the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can, we can, uh, he'll give us something to say and we'll, we'll just hold it and we won't. And so we have to be mindful of that because he does speak. And in Mark 13 and 11, it says, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. When you're saved, when you're delivered, when you, and, and I won't even say that saved and delivered because the Holy Ghost can speak through anybody. He can use anyone. God can use anyone, anytime, anywhere, any place. So I definitely don't want to put a limit on God or put him in a box. But what I will say is that when you are saved, when you are delivered, when you are set free, the Holy Ghost will speak through you. You may walk up to someone in Walmart and have something to say that does not come from you. But that is the spirit leading you to give that person encouraging word or give them a warning. 
there were many people in the Bible who were filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, I know uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, of course, Jesus was, Peter was. Um, I would also pray that you be filled. Ask God, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. In some scriptures it says, and the Spirit came upon them. And then other scriptures say, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a revealer. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. That is amazing. That is amazing that the Holy Ghost can reveal to you, you're not going to die. Not before this happens. You're not going to go nowhere. Not before this happens. In Luke 11 and 13, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts. And I read that one unto the, your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I want to reiterate this because he is a good gift. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. He's a teacher. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. He's a comforter. In John 14 and 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He is a teacher. He is a comforter. We can learn from him. We can be comforted in, from him in our times of distress, in our times of uncomfortability. In Acts 2 and 33, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. The Holy Ghost is a promise from God. He is a promise from God. And that is a promise that we still have to receive. I know a lot of times we talk about the promises of God, but you have to receive those promises. In Acts 5 and 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Why would you want to lie to the Holy Ghost? Why would you see, see in this scripture, I love it because he makes it very plain and clear. Peter does. You're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is going to reveal to me that you are lying. And I don't know how many people that has happened to, but that has happened to me. As I'm speaking to someone and the Holy Spirit says to me, that's a lying spirit. If you're going to talk to somebody, you better find out if they got the Holy Ghost. Because they don't know if you're lying. You ain't got, you ain't got to uh, say, oh, it's the truth. The Holy Ghost will reveal. And let me tell you where that comes from. Prayer. Prayer. When you spend time with the Father. When you spend time with God. The Son. And God the Holy Spirit. And God the Father. He will reveal to you what's around you. He will reveal to you what's in your atmosphere. He will reveal to you what's coming and what's going. He will reveal to you who to be around and who not to be around. He will reveal to you what to say and what not to say. In Acts 7 and 51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do ye. And I talked about this. You can resist the Holy Spirit. You can ignore him. 
You can act as if he's not important. You can act as if he's not a part of the Trinity. And like I said, we can say, God, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But you better acknowledge the Holy Spirit as well. And I'm going to read just a couple more and then I'm done. In Acts 8 and 18, and when Simon saw, and this is Simon the sorcerer, when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Let me tell you something about the power of God and the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Ghost. He is attractive. He can make you look good. He makes you look powerful. He makes you sound bold or he makes you, he gives you what to say. He, he makes you look good, period. He makes you look good. And when someone who has always manipulated or deceived themselves to make themselves look good or they put themselves on a pedestal or they exalt themselves, when they see someone with the Holy Ghost for real, they will think that it can be bought. And that's why we've had the problems in the church as well, because some people think that a ministry can be bought. Some people think that the Holy Ghost and the power of God is a yell and a shout and a two-step. If you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, if you don't know the character of God, if you don't know how he moves and, and what he wants and what is required of you to even be connected to him and for him to live on the inside of you, you will be misled. You will be deceived into thinking that this is a power that can be bought. Now, maybe psychics might buy their power. However, when it comes to God, you cannot buy God. He owns everything. The word and the name Lord means owner. So if he is the owner of my soul, he's the owner of my body. He's the owner of my spirit. He's the owner of my eyes, my ears, my tongue, my legs, my hands, my organs. He's the owner of everything. And so if he owns everything, okay, he owns everything. He has the power. He has the the uh, wisdom to navigate into my life and to, to, to navigate where I belong and where to put me and where to position me. He has the power to do that. In Acts 9 and 31, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. And beside this scripture, I wrote Holy Ghost plus fear of the Lord equals multiplied. When you have the Holy Ghost and you have the fear of the Lord, you can bet your bottom dollar that everything in your life will be multiplied. The fact is, not many of us live in fear of God. We're not fearful to disobey him. We're not fearful to ignore his Holy Spirit. We're not fearful when it comes to obeying and, and, and sacrificing for him. We're not fearful of the repercussions and the um, consequences that come behind disobedience or come behind the sin, our sins. And so there is a way that we can multiply our life. There is a way and there is a protocol. There's a rhythm to, and you're going to need the Holy Ghost and you're going to need the fear of the Lord. We have to get back into the church fearing the Lord. And it's amazing how we're not fearful to go places. We're not fearful, you know, as the pandemic 
has risen again. We're not fearful to go places. We're not fearful to buy certain things knowing that we don't have the money for it. We're not fearful to lie to someone or talk about someone. We're not fearful to uh, disobey God. And that in itself will also cause a formula of disaster, a formula of things that will go wrong in our lives because we're not fearing the Lord. And this is the last one I'm going to read. Acts 20 and 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. This particular scripture lets me know that God or the Holy Spirit appoints you to your position. There is nothing that you have to try to do and try to make yourself become something and make yourself be something and make yourself look good and make yourself, you know, exalt yourself. There, There's nothing that you have to do that is not already in you. And if the Holy Spirit, if you have allowed the Holy Spirit to, to, to be the gift from God that you receive and that you that you dwell with and you take care of that relationship he will also appoint you to your position. The last job I had, I was not qualified for. The last job I had, I never filled out an application. I never was looking for a job, but God had someone call me and say, there is no one that I can think of but you to fill this position. And it was a job that I've never done. God will appoint you to your position. That is the same job that I met my husband on. That is the same job that I got other skills and became proficient in. There's That is the same position where I met many people and learned also about ministry in that job. Because it, it was almost like I was a counselor to everybody in, in some ways. So allow the Holy Spirit to appoint you into your position, whatever that is. As 2022 begins, make sure that you are allowing, allowing the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost to lead you in every area of your life, in every area that you might even desire. It may not be time for God, for you to move in a particular position. It's not that God doesn't want you there. It's not that God is not going to give it to you, but you must wait on the Lord. The same way you have to wait for the power of God, you have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, you also have to wait on the Lord. You have to wait on the owner to put you into position. Okay? So that's what I have for tonight. I hope that you enjoyed this message. I pray that everyone is doing well. I pray that everyone had a great Christmas and New Year's. And we will be here again next week. And I am I apologize that this was a late message. I apologize that um I couldn't come on sooner. I did my um, Bible study with my church um, this evening, so it's okay. It's all, all is well, but I believe that God is never late. So here is this message on the Holy Spirit, and may God be with you. I'm going to pray, and I will see you next week. Heavenly Father, thank you for your message. Thank you for revealing your son. Thank you for revealing who your Holy Spirit is. Thank you for the comforter and the teacher. Thank you, Lord, that we can be filled with your power. Thank you, Lord, that we can be filled with your Holy Spirit, O oh, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, that we have conviction in our minds, our bodies, and our soul, O oh, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for just your grace and your mercy. Thank you, O oh, Heavenly Father, for everything that you have done. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for all the 
people's uh, safe travels that they travel to and from every destination during Christmas and New Year's, oh Heavenly Father. Thank you for every miracle, sign, and wonder that has happened in our lives and will continue to happen, oh God. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for just being who you are. Thank you for being Papa. And I promise to praise you and to glorify you, oh God, because you are worthy to be worshipped. And I acknowledge you today, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. May your people ears and hearts be open, O Heavenly Father, that they would have received your message. They will have received your son. They will have received your Holy Spirit, O Heavenly Father, that they may be closer to you even the more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless.